ואלה המשפטים, we'll start in the beginning, it says in the beginning, ואלה המשפטים, and these are the laws אשר תשים לפניהם. Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, these are the laws that you should place in front of them. This parasha that we're going to be reading tomorrow primarily discusses the laws that have to do with men and men. All different laws that have to do with how a person is responsible for other people's property, how a person needs to treat people, how a person needs to help people. The parasha is full of mishpatim. Mishpatim are these laws between Ben Adam Lahavero. Ve'ele Amishpatim says Hashem to Moshe Rabenu, and these are the laws Asher Tasim Lifnehem that you should place in front of them. The first Rashi on the parasha tells us what's Ve'ele. Ve'ele means and these. What's and these? So says Rashi, the vav and is connecting. Really, it's a new subject. It should say ele, these are. What's and these are? Where, where is the end going back on? Says Rashi, Allah shalom. It's coming to add on what we learned at the end of last week's parasha, which is Matan Torah. When we got the Torah in Har Sinai, we had the Ten Commandments, and this is Ve'el, and these are the laws. To tell you what, which means just like you learned about the Ten Commandments, that they came from Har Sinai, they came from Hashem in front of our entire nation. The strength of our nation, the strength of Judaism is in that event. The strength of any religion is its beginning. Where did you start from? Who says that this is correct? Har Sinai was an event, is the only way to give over a religion. Because it was given in front of an entire nation. Every Jew alive at that time was present when the creator of the world came to give the Torah to Am Yisrael. It wasn't given through a person who had a dream. It wasn't a person who had a miracle happen to him in the desert, but nobody saw. It was given in front of an entire nation. Not one person was lacking. That is the way you give over something in a way that people know it's emet, it's true. No other religion in the world has even claimed such a claim. The Torah promises there will never be such a claim. Because it's impossible to have a claim like that. You cannot make up a public event of millions of people. The beginnings of our religion is the strength of our religion. So says the Torah, just like you had these laws that we learned last week from Sinai. These are also from Sinai. What we're going to learn 
about how a person needs to treat his employees, how a person needs to make sure he doesn't steal, how a person shouldn't curse, how a person should pay a person for damages, all the laws that we're going to learn, all that also came from Sinai. And the obvious question is, why would you think they didn't come from Sinai? The whole Torah came from Sinai. Why are these laws being specified? By, by the way, these are also from Sinai. The reason is a very important reason and people should always have this in mind. A person might look at this parasha tomorrow and read it and understand it and he may confuse it to civil order and civil laws. Generally speaking, every country in the world, every normal country has rules, has laws. The purpose of these laws to create a society that's able to live with each other comfortably and happily. If people are going to take other people's property or damage other people and there's no laws, it would be impossible to live in that country. So every normal country has to place down the laws of how to treat others, how to protect people's rights in order for society to be able to exist. But this is not the laws that we're learning tomorrow. The Torah laws are not coming to create civil order. They obviously will create order, but that's not their purpose. The purpose of these laws is to create a great person. It's not there that we should live comfortably with each other, which means in laws, in this country, for example, as long as you don't steal, and as long as you don't damage, as long as you do what you're supposed to do, you're doing good. What if in your heart you're not that kind of person? What if you're really a thief at heart, but you don't steal because the government said? What if really you're the type of person that would do all these things, but you don't do them because you're a law-abiding citizen? This country would consider, consider you a trophy. You're a superstar. Because you follow all the laws. They will give you a plaque. You never, ever crossed a red light. You never took something that wasn't yours. You always paid your bills. You lived a hundred years, you get a plot. You're a model citizen. But in Jewish law, we don't measure you based on what you did. We measure you based on who you are. And the laws of the Torah were given not to create peace between people. That's a mistake. The laws of the Torah are there to create great people. That you should be a person that feels responsibility for your actions. That you shouldn't steal, not because you're hurting him. Because you're hurting you. Because the thief is hurting himself. In this country, we don't steal, so we don't hurt people. We pay our bills, so they get paid. But the Torah is not concerned about them. You know why? Because Hashem runs the world. And if Hashem wants them to get paid, they'll get paid. It's you that I'm concerned about. You need to be the type of person 
that lives with responsibility. That if you owe something, you pay it. That if somebody is there, you need to make sure you don't hurt him. You need to make sure to give respect to people. You need to be an angelic person on this planet. Of course, if people abide by the Torah, it'll be a great society. But it's not meant to create a great society. It's meant to create great people. It's a very big difference when you learn American law or Jewish law. It's not a small difference. It changes everything. It's not civil order. It is the greatness of the human. It's taking each person and taking him to the top. That's what Rashi is telling you. Ve'ele. Ve'ele means don't think that the laws that are being given here are just to create such a society of peaceful interactions. No, no, no. Ve'ele means coming to raise you. It's coming to make you a great person. Feel the responsibility for yourself. And which tells us, by the way, which explains the next words of Rashi. If you look, actually, something weird happened in this week's parasha and last week's parasha. At the end of last week's parasha, the, 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 the ending was Matan Torah. Hashem gave the Ten Commandments. But if you look in Maftir, the last few Pesukim, it went to another discussion. It discusses over there how we should build a Mizbeah, an altar. We have an altar in the Bet HaMikdash, in the Mishkan. Torah says, this is how you build the Mizbeah. Don't build it this way. So, something very strange. Hashem gave us the Ten Commandments. Now we're going to go through all the Mishpatim. Stuck in between is the law of how to build a Mizbeah. What's a Mizbeah? A Mizbeah is, people think that Mizbeah is something archaic from the old people who didn't understand anything. All the ignorant people of the past didn't understand a Mizbeah is a place that gives people an opportunity to show their appreciation. A Mizbeah is there for people who have received life. They've received kindness. They even started making money. They even got married. They even have a child. They have two children. They have grandchildren. They're overwhelmed with feelings of appreciation. They realize how much blessing they have in their life. And they don't know what to do. How do you repay somebody? I'll never forget the face of the guy who I went to visit, who got a kidney from some stranger who doesn't even tell him who he is. God doesn't want anything, not a thank you, not money, not a gift, nothing. And he's sitting there talking about this guy who gave him a kidney. And he's just tearing, crying. He's overwhelmed. What, what can I do for the guy? Guy gives you a kidney, saves your life. What do you do for him? Came and paid him back. 
Take those feelings and multiply them billions of times. The Creator not only gave you kidneys, by the way, the kidney he got wasn't as good as the one he had before. Sorry. He is a kidney. Better than that one. All the things that we have were blessed. A real person is overwhelmed by the kindness that has been given to him. Of course, a selfish person thinks he deserves everything and he's not even getting enough. How come? How come I didn't get this also? But a person who is a quality refined human being is overwhelmed by the feeling of receiving so much for nothing. What did I deserve at the end of the day? What did you deserve to be born? Nothing. Zero. What merit did you have to be born and come into this world? Nothing. Zero. Kindness. How are you breathing? Kindness. You go to sleep. Who's breathing for you? You're not, you're, not, you're not even up. All the kindness, all day, all night. People who feel such feelings are overwhelmed. Like Avi just said, Ma'ashiv Lashem is the words of the great person. Like David Melech who says, What can I repay? Why do you have to repay? Let me tell you a rule in life. Whenever you get something and you know you got something, you have an automatic desire to pay. It's not something that you have to work on. Automatically, if you got something and you feel that you got something and you don't think you're entitled, if you feel entitled, you wouldn't care. If you feel entitled, you feel someone's paying you back. In fact, they have to pay you more. A little kid feels his mother is supposed to cook him not just two things, three things. He feels entitled, so he won't feel this. But if you realize that you're not entitled to anything, and you got something for nothing. Automatically you have a feeling. How do I give back? Ma'ashiv Lashem. What can I pay back? It's very frustrating. The Mizbeach was given to us. The altar was given to us as an answer. Hashem says, you know what? You want to pay me back? Bring, go spend a thousand dollars. Bring an ox. Bring a cow. Slaughter it. Bring it from your home from miles away. Spend time and come and give it to me. I will receive it from you. People will ask, you think Hashem, you think God needs the ox? He created all oxen. You think he's going to drink the, the blood? You think he needs that? What, what, what is that for? What kind of gift is that? What's he going to do with the gift? What exactly is he going he's gonna, to? He's going to play with it. He's going to what? People say, what, what is that gift for? Well, let me tell you the story of the red fire engine. You know the story of Red Fire Engine? I'm going to tell you, it's a beautiful story. There was a little boy, he's two years old, and his mother tells him, before his father gets home from work, that you know, Yosef, you know, today is daddy's birthday. It's daddy's birthday, he loves his father. He's it's a beautiful two-year-old. What he can give his father for his birthday? He's looking around, he sees a little toy, so maybe I'll give him this one. Says, then he's going to that one. And then finally, his eyes look at that new fire engine that his parents got him. He's been waiting for six months for that fire engine. The biggest, nicest toy he has, sitting there, hardly used. And he says to himself, you think? Nah, nah, I can't get caught. That's my, that's my item. Love that item. And then he says, you know what? 
I'm going to give it to my father. Packs it up, takes it from the basement, puts it right by the entrance to the front door. Father comes home, and this boy comes to his father and hugs him and says, Dad, happy birthday. Dad, I want to give you something. Takes out the box, the red fire engine, fire the, the, en the engine, and he gives it to him. Father starts crying, crying, crying. Can't believe his son gave him an a fire engine. Obviously, the father has no use for the fire engine, so why is he so happy? What is he happy about? He's happy of the heart that his son had, that he was willing to give up something so precious for his father. That's what Hashem wants from us. Hashem wants from us, not from us, it isn't needed. It's for us to be appreciative people. Appreciative people are successful people. Appreciative people are happy people. He wants us to be appreciative and he allows us to show him appreciation. That's the Mizbeah. That's what the, 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 the altar is all about. It's about creating a relationship between us and the Creator through sacrifice. Now, there's many other ways that we sacrifice in life. The Mizbeah has one of them. Why did Hashem put the Mizbeah, the laws of the Mizbeah, right in between? He wedged it in between the Ten Commandments and these laws that we're going to learn tomorrow. What do they have to do with anything? That's Rashi's question. Rashi's question is, why is this next to the Mizbeah? Lomar lecha to teach you Chetasim Sanhedrin etzel amigdash. Interesting halakha. You go to the Bet Amigdash. Even today, you go down to the uh, excavations under the Kotel. You will see they'll show you a room where they had the Sanhedrin, the court, the Supreme Court of Am Yisrael of 71, says the Torah, you have to put it in the Beta Migdash. Interesting. The Beta Migdash is a place of service to Hashem. The, the Bet Din has to do with people and judging people and taking care of issues. Says the creator of the world, I want you to put this Sanhedrin in the Beta Migdash. Why? Why is the Sanhedrin placed in the Beta Migdash? I'm going to tell you why. Because there are two parts of a Jew and they cannot be independent of each other. The Sanhedrin is about how we deal with each other. Ben Adam Lahavero. Between men and men, how we respect each other, how we lift each other, how we are responsible for each other. That's what the Sanhedrin represents. The Mizbeah, what does it represent? The relation between me and my Creator. The mitzvot that I do between me and Him. Shabbat is between me and Him. Kashrut, between me and Him. My tefillah, between me and Him. Mizbeah represents the mitzvot between man and God. The Sanhedrin represents the mitzvot between man and man. Says the Torah, make sure you put the Sanhedrin right next to the Mizbeah. Because you cannot separate in Judaism between these two portions 
You cannot just say, no, I have a great relationship with God. I learn his Torah. I do mitzvot. I keep Shabbat. I do all the mitzvot between me and God. We're good. Me and him are good. I'm okay. When I go after, I'm going to be an accomplished man. I did my job. I'm always talking to him. I'm always listening to what he says. I am good. Says the Torah, you're not good. If you're not taking care of the people in your life, if you walk into your, in your home and you are a rough person, if you're an angry person, if you damage people, whether you damage them physically or damage them spiritually or damage them emotionally, if you're a person who doesn't uplift the people around you, if you're not taking care of the mishpatim in your life, so then you're not considered anything holy. Holiness comes from both. At the same time, a person cannot walk around and say, listen, I don't steal, I don't murder, I give charity, kindness. I'm good. I'm a good guy. How many people, ignorant people, feel that really it's all about the way you deal with people? That's what it's all about. You're a good person. How do I know I'm a good person? So when I walk around the street, people say, look, here's the guy who gave me a loan. Here's the guy who, who opened the organization to help the, the people who are hungry. Here's the guy. So everywhere you walk, they tell you you're a great guy. So now you're convinced. You go, oh, I'm a great guy. Says that tonight you're a failure. You're a failure in life. You help people. You didn't hurt anybody. You were the beacon of kindness. And Ben Adam Lahavero, you were beautiful. Always took care of people. You're a failure. Because you have missed a very big part of your purpose in this world. If you miss either part, you're a failure. If you just focus on you and Hashem and you ignore people because, and it makes sense to ignore people. Because if I'm involved with God, why do I have to waste my time with all these, all these, uh, you know, uh, regular people, right? Yo, man. I, I'm a much. I'm already in Shemaim. I'm. I'm a. My, my head is in heaven. I'm. I'm not uh, dealing with these people. That's why it says. By the ladder of Yaakov Avinu, when he had a dream. Shem showed him a ladder. It says, where was the top of the ladder? The top of the ladder was in Shemaim. Who's standing on top of it? Hashem. But says the pasuk, right? And it's. Sulam is Mutsav Arza. But it was also on the ground. Why does the Torah have to tell me that the ladder is on the ground? As long as it's going to Shamaim. Isn't that what's important? Answer is you can never leave the ground. You can never leave the people on the ground. Don't tell me you're in Shamaim. He's your holy person. That all your thoughts are in heaven. All you do is think of learning and mitzvot and all between you and God. That's all you do. No, no. If your ladder is not on the ground taking care of the people in your life and making sure that you're fulfilling your responsibility towards them, then your ladder is non-existent. That is why the Torah says, make sure the Mizbeah that's between you and God and make sure the Mishpatim between you and your friend, make sure they're together in the Beta Megdash. 
They cannot be in two places. They're not two parts. They are one of the same, together. But more than that, the next Rashi says, Asher tasim l'tnehem. Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, these are the laws that you should place in front of them. What an odd way of telling us to teach them. Usually a teacher goes into a class and he teaches the material. But doesn't say, that you should teach them. These are the laws that you should place in front of them. What does that mean? Says Rashi, Alava Shalom, Amarlo. Listen to these words. These are such powerful words. Amarlo Akadosh Baruchu Le Moshe. Hashem tells Moshe Rabenu, You're going to teach the Torah to my people, but be careful. Don't make a mistake. When Hashem tells Moshe, Don't make a mistake, that means he would have made the mistake. That means it would have been logical to make that mistake. It means what he was saying would be, wow, I would do like Moshe. Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, don't do it the way you're going to do it. But what was the way that he's going to do it? Oh, Let it not enter your mind. Lomar to say, Let me teach them the laws. What are the laws of the Torah? We have 613 mitzvot. We have plenty of plenty of branches in each mitzvah. Says Hashem to Moshe Rabbeinu, do not do this. Teach them the laws once, twice, three times until they know it. Basically, the way Moshe Rabbeinu was going to teach them, he would tell them, listen, these are the halachot of Shabbat. He go one by one. Halakha 1, Halakha 2, Halakha 3, Halakha 4, Halakha 650. And then you would say it again and again. And then you would say, guys, you know, what's the first Halakha? Good. Second, good. Third Halakha, good. And they would just learn it and learn it until they know it. And they would go through every subject and they would know every Halakha. Could you imagine somebody here knows every Halakha in the Torah by heart? Every Halakha in Shohan Aruch, I ask you. They, they are great Jews, they do. They are great people. You ask them any question, they have Allah by heart. They know exactly what it is. Says Hashem to Moshe Rabbeinu, don't do that. What? Don't do that. What is the best way that I can give them over the information? I make sure to give it to them once, twice, three times until until they have it coming out of their mouth. This way, anything they're doing in life, they have a reference and they know what to do. Beautiful. That's what I would have done. Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, please don't do that. Don't do that. I don't want you to do that. So what do you want from me? Oh. Meaning you, Moshe, might do that and say, I don't have to bother to make them understand I don't have to worry about working to understand the reason behind this mitzvah. What's behind this? Why does Hashem not want this? Why does He like that so much? What's this all about? The reason 
behind and perusha and the explanation, the depth behind the laws. Moshe Rabbeinu might say, there's no reason to go into the depth to understand why. What's the logic of the way? Why would Moshe Rabbeinu think that it's not important to teach the reason and the depth of mitzvot? Why do you think? Why do you think that Moshe Rabbeinu would have thought, why would I teach them the reason behind the halachot that I'm teaching them? Simply, if Hashem gave it, don't ask why, well, you're going to ask the creator of the world. No, know your place. You go to a heart surgeon who's been practicing 50 years, top guy in the country, and you know nothing. You, you, you left school in fourth grade. That was your last science class. So now you're, you're having a conversation. You see a heart surgeon talking to somebody and giving him his understanding of a certain issue in the heart and how to take care of it. You say, what? I don't get it. I don't get it, doctor. I don't understand what. That, that, that question is such a foolish question. You have no right to talk in front of such a person. You don't know anything. Because he's doing it for 50 years. You know nothing about the subject. What are you asking? The creator of the world is billions of times more. There's no end. If the creator says, this is what you're supposed to do on Shabbat, you're going to try to figure out why? Here's why. Why does it matter? Does it matter why? Who says first you're going to understand why, even if you try to? And what does it matter at the end of the day? At the end of the day, he's the creator of the world. We should have complete obedience to what he says. And there's no reason to look into the matter. Just know that he said it. I need to know that much. I need to know it came from the creator that much. I need. I'm not trusting anybody. That's okay. But once I know it came from the creator, there's no reason to go and explain. So what? Why did the creator say this? For what reason? That's what Moshe Rabbeinu would have done. Hashem says, warning, don't do that. When you learn with them, after a halakha is presented, say, hey, guys, what do you think the reason behind this is? What could be the depth of that? What is the creator really saying? And work it. Ask questions. Attack it. Question it. Not question it like you don't make sense. That's not how we talk in front of the creator. We say, I don't understand it. Not it doesn't make sense. Say, I don't understand. Why, why is this this way? Why does the halakha say this here? But there, very similar to the opposite. I don't get it. And now you start to learn. Hashem says, Asher tasim lifnehim. Tasim means place it in front of them like shulhan aruch, like a, like, a, like a set table. When you have someone coming over and you put the food on the table, you don't shove it into his mouth. You put it on the table and you let the guy eat it. Let the guy take his fork and his knife, let him cut, let him digest, let him smell it, let him, let him work it. Don't take that away from them. Don't put the food in their mouth. Asher tasim lifnehim. And why is that so important, my dear friends? Why? Why is it so important that Hashem has to tell Moshe Rabbeinu, please make sure, don't mess up this one. Why? The reason is how we started this class. 
The Torah laws are not about civil order. They're about changing the person. And even if you never had the opportunity to help somebody, if you learn about it, not as a halakha, as a reference, but you learn it in depth, you argue about it, you write about it, you question back and forth. You know what happens to you when you learn one subject in depth? You know what happens to you? It becomes a part of your soul. It becomes who you are. You may never have that subject in halakha in your life. You may never face that situation in your life. But being that you learned it, when you learn something in depth, it becomes a part of you. When you learn something as just halakha, it becomes a reference on the shelf. When you need it, you pull it off the shelf and you use it. Hashem says, I'm not interested in such people that do the right thing when the situation comes out of obedience. I'm looking to change the person. I want them not to live by the law. I want them to live the law. I want them to be the law themselves. I want them to have whatever I'm giving them. It should be part of who they are. Not something that, oh, what do I have to do in this situation? Let me see. That's what I do. I do. No, 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 no. It's much deeper than that. I watch, for example, I told you this many times. Hashem doesn't really care if we steal or not. That's not really what's important to the Creator. If we steal or don't steal. What's important is that we don't become thieves. There's a very big difference. You could spend your whole life and not steal one time. But you're a thief. But I never stole. Yeah, you never stole because you're in jail the whole life. So you couldn't steal. Oh, you never stole because you're worried about the precinct coming after you. You never stole because you're worried about jail time. You're worried about being in the newspapers and losing your respect around your friends. You never stole because you never had the chance to. Let me see if I gave you a billion dollars right now and nobody knows about it. And I promise you no one will ever find out. No one ever will find out. Would you not steal? I'm not sure how many people would not steal. So you're a thief. You're a thief who never stole. My goal, says the Creator, isn't to create people who don't steal. It's to create thieves. It's not. It's, it's to create honest people. Excuse me. My goal isn't to have people honor their parents. It's to create people who live with such a value in their life. They live with honoring their parents. That is, that is the goal. Asher tasim lifnehem. These laws are not laws of civil order. They are laws of changing the human being. And therefore, make sure that you give them the depth and the discussions and the ta'am. What does ta'am mean? Ta'am means, ta'am means reason, but also means taste. Amazing, in Hebrew... The word reason and the word taste are the same word, tam. Because when you learn with reason, then you have a taste. You start to chew on the, 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 the laws and you taste it and it becomes a part of you. This is what Hashem wants us to know in the first pasuk. Torah tells us, very interesting halakha. Pasuk yud het. 
right in the beginning. Pasuk Yud Het. Anashim, says the Torah. Here is a scenario. Two men are fighting. Unfortunately, they're fighting, and one guy hit his friend. Be'even, or he threw a rock on him. Or or with a fist. See, this has been happening for many thousands of years. Uh, it's not a new thing. The guy didn't die. Rather, he's injured. Went to the hospital. So now, Im yakum al If the guy gets up from bed, and now he's able to walk back with his own strength, means he can't punish the guy as a murderer, even though maybe he uh, hit him and he could have died. But since the guy he got up, so he doesn't get killed. He's not called a murderer in that sense. For understand our subject today. Rak shifto, but you have, but listen, the guy went to the hospital. The guy's out of work. So you have to pay all the damage that you caused. Torah gives us five different areas of damage that you caused. The guy got to pay. Pay his doctor's bills, pay his embarrassment, pay his pain. Fine. Rak shifto Shifto means the guy's sitting, can't work, got to pay him. Verapo yerape. And you got to pay his doctor's bills. Went to the doctor. Got to pay bills. Pay his doctor's bills. Comes the Gemara, comes Rashi, Allah Shalom, from the words of Hazar, and says an amazing thing. Who would have ever thought such a thing? Says, says Rashi, Verapo Yerape, Yeshalem Sechara Rofe, he pays the um, reward excuse me, the payment of the Rofet, let me tell you a Gemara in Masechet Berachot, Taf Samach says the Gemara, Tane Deber Bishmael, comes the Bishmael and says, Verapo Yerape, Mikan, from here we learn, Shenitena Reshut, Lerofet Lerapot, that a doctor has permission to heal. Meaning, if not for this pasuk, you would have thought, you're not allowed to go to the doctor. God forbid, guy got sick, you're going to the doctor? No way. Meaning, if not for this pasuk, like my dear friend Avi just said, the pasuk says, Kola mahala, all the sickness, asher samti bemitzrayim, that the Egyptians dealt with, lo asim alecha, you will not have that. Ki ani Adonai Because I'm the one who heals you. Hashem heals you. So you might think, you know, I'll go to a doctor. Torah says, no. You can go to a doctor. The doctor has permission. Says Rashi, Alava Shalom. In Masechet Baba Kama, what is the, why would you think you can't go to the doctor? Why would you think I shouldn't go to a doctor? Says Rashid, because who is the one that made you sick altogether? Who is the one that put you in this position? Hashem put you in this position. So you would think the one, the one who is going to cause the pain, he is the one 
that needs to heal. Meaning if you go to a doctor, it would be insulting to the Creator. Because He is the one that sent you the problem. So you're going around the back door to try to figure out a solution to the problem He sent you. If He sent you the problem, of course He's capable of fixing the problem. Where are you going somewhere else? That's insulting to the Creator of the world. So you would have thought, you would have thought, then you cannot go to a doctor. It's inappropriate to go to a doctor. Torah says, no, you can go to the doctor. I give you permission. But I do want to point out something very important. I think everybody knows what I just said. But something else that we should pay attention to. Did you notice what the subject matter of this halakha is? Meaning, Hashem could have spoken about going to the doctor God forbid a guy has got cancer or if a person has any kind of disease or a person has a cold, you have COVID. A doctor could have been discussed in many areas. Where did Hashem discuss going to the doctor? In a case of a guy who came and he knocked out his friend. Hashem didn't do that. I understand when did Hashem send the sickness when you wake up one morning and you feel something is wrong, you go to the doctor and they say, oh, I can't believe we found something. Okay, that's, that's God. But in a case where someone punched somebody, there you would think, like Rashi says, you would think since Hashem is the one that sent the problem, he should heal it. Wait, Hashem didn't send the problem. His friend punched him. They were fighting. Ah... Uh, you know what you learn from here? You learn Torah's telling you clear that even when your friend punches you, it's from Hashem. You spend your whole life trying to figure out why this guy stood in your way in your business deal and because of him you didn't get it. Why that guy hurt you? Why that guy is causing damage to you? Why that guy is talking Lashonara about you? Our whole life we're busy, we're very busy trying to Figure out how to knock that guy out, knock that guy out. Because we see them as the people standing in our way. The creator of the world says in the Torah right here, you should know that if your friend punched you and it landed, meaning he's free to punch you all he wants. People punch all the time, but they don't always land in the right place. So if he punched you and it landed, because Hashem wanted it to land. There are people right now, me and you right now, we have people that want us killed right now. Doesn't mean they're going to be successful. Just because a person has free choice to act, to try to do anything to anybody, that doesn't mean he will succeed. If someone succeeded, it's because Hashem wanted him to succeed. So you would have thought that even when a guy punched you, Hashem did that. And therefore, don't go to any doctor, go to the doctor, even though Hashem did it. It's very important to remember that. Not to spend our lives bothered by every person's comments and every person's strategy in business, a guy that tried to cut us off. If we're supposed to get something in life, we're going to get it. Of course, we have to make our best effort. We have to make a proper effort. We have to also, if people are in our way, talk to them, explain to them. I don't mean to say, be a, 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 a person that people step on you. Talk to them, but don't spend your mind and your pain 
feeling, that, oh, because of them, my Lord. You don't lose anything because of them. Go to the source. It's like a guy. You have a guy. He goes to turn on the faucet to wash his hands. He wants to shower. He wants to wash his hands. Turn the faucet in his house. Not working. No water's coming out. Doesn't know what to do. Takes a hammer. Starts hitting. You know how people do that? They start hitting. They think like it's a, like it's like a human being. You hit him and it comes out. He starts hitting the thing. Nothing comes out. He hits it so much it breaks the faucet. After it breaks, still doesn't come out. Doesn't know what to do. He buys a new faucet. Doesn't come out. He goes into the pipes right behind the faucet. He's trying to fix it. Trying to turn it. It breaks. Nothing comes out. Guy walks in. He's watching the whole time doing this. He told him, Hamor. He says, you didn't pay the water bill. The city shut off the water. You're wasting your time trying to fix the faucet and your pipes. Go get the bill paid and they'll bring your water back on. It's exactly us. We spend our whole time trying to fight this issue, that issue, that You got to go to the source. He sent you the problem. If he sent you the problem, yes, you got to solve it. Go to the doctor. You have permission. Good. Do your natural way of doing things. But don't forget where it comes from. It comes from him. The problem comes from him. And therefore, the solution ultimately comes from him. Something is wrong in your life. Something needs to be fixed in your life. It's not by accident that it landed on you. It's not by accident that your force it broke. There's something behind it all. So go figure out what that is. Yes, go to, you have permission to go to the doctor, but don't forget where the source of the problem stems from and go fix it. It's a spiritual problem that you have to fix. By the way, just to end off, why does it say, why well, it says twice. Rapo means heal. Yerape means heal. What's wrong with I am your healer. So just say One. What's rapo You a question? Let me tell you the let me tell you the answer to this. Answer is that when you go to a human doctor and he gives you medicine, you need two refua. You need refua from the problem you have. And they need refuah for the medicine he gives you. Serious. Which means all the medicine that a doctor gives you causes you damage too. You don't go to the doctor before he sees you take all the medicine because medicine can damage you. So therefore, while he's healing one, he's knocking at another. So you need it's constant. When you go to a doctor, if you believe in the doctor, that's what you that's what you're doing. Rapport One item, another item. But if you go to the doctor because Hashem gave you permission to make your ishtadlut, but you look to Hashem as your doctor, kiani Hashem One refua. The refua, no side effects. That's the kind of refua we need. Refua from a doctor. If he's the guy in your mind, if he's just a shaliyah, Hashem Rafa'echa. That's how a person is supposed to first get the message of why you had the problem, try to fix that problem. That's how you get Hashem Rafa'echa. How do you get Hashem Rafa'echa? Go back to the reason why you got that issue. Go fix it. You have a spiritual problem. You're getting too angry. You're not Shomer Shabbat. You're not praying the right way. You're not appreciative the right way. 
Oh, but I can fix it. You fix it, Hashem will send you the refuah. Not rapo yerate. This is, <clears throat> this is, that's why it says, refa'enu Adonai benerafet. Hashem, you give us refuah, benerafet, done. No, no refuah shlema. You want a complete refuah. This is the way a person is supposed to approach his life in all areas of these types of issues where they get hit on the head. Have a wonderful day.